It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. It is the Time Enough podcast where we look at the Twilight Zone and all its iterations. We're at the ground floor right now. We are, you know, season one of the the OG show. This is uh, Matt here. We have a special guest today, uh, Lindsay Sharman, who's host of Rogue Ways and into all sorts of fun. Uh, is mystical the right word? What, what's, what's, what's the word you would use? Esoteric? Fun, mystical, <laughs> esoteric, conspiracy, consciousness, community. Yeah, I, we could go on and on. There's, there's like no end to the expansion of things that we talk about on Rogueway. So right, and I guess my thing is, I don't, I don't like to necessarily hit those topics head on all the time. I like to, you know, find a piece of interesting media. And uh, yeah, I got the Blu-ray set. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to watch this. I'm so busy podcasting. I'm like, well, I'll just podcast the box set. So. Here we are. That's that's so <laughs> awesome. I love how you merge that time management in with what you want to do. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's how it should be. Well, the, in the show, I mean, it's dated in some ways. I mean, usually okay ways, just like it's old school acting, it's old school TV at at its best. But yeah, what we're seeing in these episodes for the most part are still like so you know, pertinent to today. So that's kind of where I want to get into and bring in you know people from all over the spectrum as as to what they you know to beliefs and things and hit their head on this uh today is escape clause which um when i was soliciting a few episodes for you i think i gave it a description as a selling your soul to the devil so you're like yes please on that one that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want to talk about that (laughs) right Uh, before we get into it too deep i you know like to give just a touch of trivia as to who we see in this episode one second uh the lead is david wayne as water bedeker wayne enjoyed about 50 years of screen appearances often as a character actor playing the cad he took up peter laurie's lead role in a 1951 remake of m and was the mad hatter in 1960s batman for me that's the the big hit on him yeah. <laughs> uh Thomas Gomez as the the devil or Mr. Cadwallader. He appeared in 60 films during his career and was the first Spanish-American Oscar nominee for his supporting role in Robert Montgomery's 1948 film Ride a Pink Horse. Um, The wife who takes an unfortunate plunge in here is uh, Virginia Christine as Ethel Bedeker. She had a busy career on film and television, but is best known for being Mrs. Olson, the Folgers coffee lady back in the 60s and 70s. And uh, <laughs> I, I think we're both a little too young to have caught those. But I was like, that, that, I feel like I've seen that image before somewhere. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I was like, I feel like I've just seen her before. And I was feeling both like motherly and um, exasperated, which coffee feels exactly like that to me like get a little too wound up but it's also like oh it's warm and it's like caring caring for my soul on those cold mornings so it's interesting i wonder if i actually have seen that or if those were just the feelings i was getting yeah i've taken most of the fun out of coffee i only drink coffee like partway through my work day when i realize i'm about to teach a private student and like take cat naps on them so (laughs) (laughs) i need to uh, key up a bit uh 
Um, one little more bit. We have a director, Mitchell Lyson, made dramas and screwball comedies from the 30s to 50s and films such as Death Takes a Holiday and Midnight. He spent his twilight years directing television shows such as this one. And one moment, I'm going to bring up the whiteboard for you. Whiteboard. And um, as I as I warned you, I like to get the guests to um, do their own Rod Serling or I don't know. Last uh, I did the first episode and he decided to start doing like a goofy southern accent. So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'll take I'll take it away. OK, here we go. You're about to meet a hypochondriac. Witness, Mr. Walter Bedeker, age 44, afraid of the following, death, disease, other people, germs, draft, and everything else. He has one interest in life, and that's Walter Bedeker. One preoccupation, the life and well-being of Walter Bedeker. One abiding concern about society that if Walter Bedeker should die, how will it survive without him? That's that's easy because we have a cad. We can live without a cad, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> I but, did they. This is ran, random, but you were talking about the director. Was this like? Did the Twilight Zone have a different director for every episode? I think they had a few standbys, but uh, generally, yeah, they just get like sort of um, you know working man directors to come in. Um, in the first season, particularly, uh, there were basically only three writers for the show. I mean, Rod Serling actually wrote two thirds of all the episodes of the entire run. Um, the the other one, big one, I guess, is um, uh, Water Matheson, who wrote things such as The Omega Man. Um, I was actually watching for a podcast I'm doing in a couple of days. Uh, what Dreams May Come, the Robin Williams film. I'm looking I at the credits. Um, I'll I'll get to it when that podcast. But the first, I saw it opening night. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it again a few years ago and loved it. So, you know, that's funny. I, yeah. Maybe it's for old fogies or whatever, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe I just didn't know enough about like Eastern religions and things when I first saw it or, you know, new age yeah. concepts, things like that. Um, you settled deeper into your emotional self, you know? Yeah, You're exactly. Like, yeah, I, I can connect with this now. <laughs> this is kind of deep. <laughs> yeah, as an 18, uh, 18 year old watching that one, it was like, whatever. But, uh, like yeah, yeah. No fighting scenes in this movie. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of paint, though. But uh, this paint. one, this one I've always loved. Um, this is one of the ones that I've had access to for for quite a while. Um, I, I mentioned watching these episodes by a hole in my um, living room a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, this was actually one of the ones I put on. and was like, hey, I really need to get deeper into these. So this one has a pretty much straight up like you know, Judeo-Christian foothold, which makes sense for 1959 television. So, <laughs> yeah, I like I like the way that um, they portrayed his his torture, his torturous mental condition, you know, and how he basically was driving his wife insane, too, with his torturous mental condition. I was like, it's very old school, too. Like the wife is very subservient, submissive, you know, and and kind of puts up with like a lot of he has no ability to have any sort of compassion or empathy for her at all uh it seems pretty judeo-christian as well <laughs> and they still have house calls so that was amazing <laughs> yeah i kind of wish we would go back to that and actually have relationships with doctors and be able to hang out with them for a while you know it's like you're in it's 20 minutes later you're gone 
Like, yeah. Do you even know who I am? Have you thought about this at all? <laughs> that is one thing um, in the Japanese medical system. I at least like feel like, oh, I know who my doctors are. Um, I, I did a hospital stint last year and I would see my main doctor almost every day. I mean, she might just roll in at the end of the day, but I felt like there was someone in charge where I, I've heard people getting surgery and things in the States and just being like, yeah, maybe I saw them for five minutes before. Maybe they checked in with me after and that's about it. So yeah. And it can switch. They're like, oh, your regular doctor isn't here for surgery day or birthday, you know, whatever, whatever the big event is that you're in the hospital for. Like we just, another guy's going to fill in and you're like, I don't even, I literally have never met this person. And they're just going to do this life-changing, important procedure. Like this is insane. But yeah, my grandfather was like a country doctor. So in the forties or fifties, apparently he'd go rolling around late at night some, sometimes the not sober <laughs> going out to you know the deep countryside getting paid in turtle meat try paying your doctor in turtle meat now <laughs> turtle meat that is that's when you know you've made it yeah yeah <laughs> now my father said growing up they just have like a wide assortments of uh of strange meats and things <laughs> hey the way the economy is going we might get back to that sooner than we think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we already do a few of the bugs in Japan. Um, what, what have I had? Inago, that, that's one that's you got to steal yourself a little to eat. It's a lo locust covered in soy sauce. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say unagi. I'm like, I love unagi. Oh, unagi's great. Yeah, <laughs> no, easy. no, this is this is a few steps past. But no, I'll go to the hot spring and in the little tourist section, there's a little package of inago. So there's just, just a bunch of bugs in there. Um, I had it once. Um, I, I honestly, it didn't taste bad, but you're like, there's, I'm eating a bug and there's a leg stuck in my teeth and that's not yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, and it's like crunchy and like, I don't think I want it. My daughter was two at the time and she was just like eating them up. I mean, uh, she talk has about no preconceptions. <laughs> exactly. Talk, she yeah. won't eat it now, but you know, talk about a twilight zone moment. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, is my daughter insane? She's possessed. <laughs> I mean, we were basically being polite to the old people, but I think they were playing with me because I was a foreigner. So, <laughs> yeah, I always like I pride myself on when I travel somewhere, I will try the weird food and I will at least once and I'll eat it. But I guess I'd make myself try the bugs just to just to continue that tradition. Yeah, but it's but my, I'm more resistant to that than I am to pig intestine. Oh, right. I grew reason. up mid-Atlantic where they have Scrapple and I loved Scrapple when I was a kid. And once I found out what it was, I lost all interest in it. So it's basically okay, I can't do this anymore. ground. See, yeah, exactly. It's all in your imagination. <laughs> it really is. So um, I, I've heard you talk before about uh, having you know, spirits stuck to you, things like that. And we're getting like this 1959 selling your, your soul to the devil stick. So uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how, where does that land with you? this is so tame compared to what actually happens, <laughs> you know? And, and I wouldn't even say that I've like met like the devil, if that even exists, um, you know, whatever, whatever I've encountered has been really dark and terrifying. And I mean, in this, in this TV show, it's just like a guy, he's just a dude, which is, you know, it's another take on the sort of very human and prideful and, and like, but he wasn't even dapper. Like we've got the whole new Lucifer show, right? Where it's kind of the devil, I guess, if people think Lucifer is the devil and he's like handsome and that's like what's alluring to people and interact with him because he's so dapper, I guess, or whatever, sexy. Um, this guy in the, in the Twilight Zone episode is just like a large, regular old man. There's nothing scary about him at all. 
except if you're projecting onto this like the judeo-christian like oh, that's the devil <laughs> i guess that could be scary just the concept of it but there's no his voice isn't scary or gravelly he's not threatening in any way like he doesn't look scary like he's just kind of a salesman yeah yeah he's a half-assed salesman <laughs> with a with a with a bad deal i mean I don't know. Uh, I, maybe we're all more enlightened now, but the idea you're going to live forever just sounds like a terrible deal in the first place. So that's exactly what I said. I thought the show was going to be he takes the deal and then he lives forever and he realizes what a torture it is to live forever. But then when they were talking about the escape clause, which I then realized, of course, that's the name of the episode. I should have known better. <laughs> I was like, oh, so he can also die whenever. So I mean, the, you don't want to sell your soul period you don't want to get rid of your soul but like what's what there is no downside here that that quickly i was shown to be wrong there is a I, downside i remember as a uh yeah yeah he makes it what two days or something two days yeah <laughs> i was like you didn't even try like <laughs> well, he's, a, he's a he's a cad yes <laughs> i well, i do remember playing mind games with myself as a kid like hey if I get a soda, what if in my mind I make a deal like that in my mind? And now I'm like, did I make a deal like that in my mind? I don't know for a soda. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, you're, but. <laughs> yeah, you're like, does this count if I just really wanted it and it happened? Like, who was it that was fulfilling this? Um, it's interesting too, you know, he, <laughs> the hints that he gives, I felt like were enough. He was like, I've always been here. I've never left. Um, what else did he say? And this is the name I'm using this I... month or something. You know, he has all these hints that he's the devil, but then they have to come right out and say it. I was like, man, is this like an old TV thing that they have to get like really blunt at some point? Or do we still do that? Like, do we have no nuance? Have we never had any nuance where you have to just like figure it out? <laughs> well, um, my favorite, of course, is, is Al Pacino's devil, <laughs> the devil's advocate. Not a great movie. He's just a great devil. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I really I liked Rosemary's Baby, but maybe only because I heard people talk about it for years before I finally saw it. And I was like, Ooh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, all my quotes are actually uh, water quotes. I, I have. Yeah, as he's complaining to his wife, he has um, I feel a coma coming on. I, I thought that was pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good excuse for work. I can't come in today. I just I feel a coma coming on. I need to we're, rest a bit. <laughs> we're talking about, um, you know, uh, like the the strife on the Fast and Furious movie sets where The Rock would become exasperated because sometimes Vin Diesel's not coming on set today because he's, he's just, today's a day to breathe, just to breathe. Which I'm like, cool, yeah, it's a day to breathe, but you are being paid a lot of money, so. You're being paid a lot of money to breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I want that. I want someone to pay me to breathe. The, the other quote, as I say, I just got the water quotes in my notes, but it was um, after Ethel takes her plunge down the building, uh, his, oh, I wonder what it, wonder what it felt like. <laughs> and then I was like, well, why didn't you jump? That was your whole point was you went up there to jump off the building. She falls yeah. down instead. And then you just wonder what it was like and leave. Like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> there was no explanation for that. That was just how it went. Yeah. So again, there is shorthand, but I, I do think this is one that, well, the first one we've recorded for this podcast, which is uh, this being the third episode we've recorded, uh, just for being a straight up stand up episode, Twilight Zone, because we we did the um, we did the it wasn't a Twilight Zone. It was actually a, about a year before, but written by Rod Serling. And you have um, Desi Arnaz basically doing the Rod Serling narration, which is totally bizarre. <laughs> 
<laughs> in the actual first episode, which, which is good, but I, this one does fire on all cylinders. It's got the weird 50s shorthand, but it kind of makes it more endearing, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really just like the quality of it. Like, I remember I had some students, um, maybe like the two or three years before I left teaching, I had these kids who would come to my room at lunch and eat their lunch there. And they were these big Dungeons and Dragons dorks and very lovable, very endearing. Well, they, at some point during that time, they started asking me if they could put on Twilight Zone episodes, like on the, you know, projector or whatever while they were eating. I was like, sure. And so I started seeing a couple of them again. I was like, man, these really were actually very cool. Like they're still thoughtful and they're still uh, engaging even after all this time. And how cool that even though they're dorky and it's probably wasn't like a trend at the time, but it's still cool that there's young people who can like find it and relate to it and love it too, even now. Exactly. So, and, and I'll, I have not seen some of the later iterations yet. I think I saw the eighties one, which I would actually say Tales of the Dark Side was probably stronger in the 80s, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I remember more, actually, Tales of the Dark Side, probably because it, like, gave me nightmares. And that that is one I might get to on this, this cast at some point, but, uh, yeah, that one I remember... It, it's the anger management one, where the guy basically had something installed that's going to give him a heart attack if he gets too angry. So <laughs> that one stuck with me since, like, age six. <laughs> that's dangerous. Well... To go back to this one and things that are happening to you that are dangerous, this deal that he's making with the devil, the devil lies. This is actually what I always try to point out to people because a lot of people in the community I work with are like, you know, oh, I can summon, I can summon demons or beings or entities or whatever. And it's, it's fine because if you just follow steps one through 10 or whatever, like they're like contained. And I'm always like, God, why would you risk it though? What if they're not like they're tricky? Like that's the whole thing we're always told about devils is they're tricky as all get out. And why would you risk it? You think you're very smart. You think you're very intelligent. But if these entities are real and they exist, they've had infinite time to have a much more developed, nuanced mind than yours and understand trickery much better than you probably ever will. Uh, so this devil tricks him too, but it's just a flat out lie, right? He says, oh, you'll never even miss your soul. You'll never even know it was gone. And I, I believed him. I was like, oh, maybe he won't even realize that his soul is gone. And it's really, truly something that like, he's not aware of, he can't connect with or whatever. But as soon as I was seeing that he wasn't having any emotional, like he had become a psychopath, basically like a sociopath, like he had no response when his wife died. He had no ability to enjoy anything. He had no ability to get a thrill off of any of the experiences he was having. I was like, oh, so he does notice a difference. So he did lose something. So the devil just straight up lied to him. He's never going to be able to join James Brown's uh, JBs at that point. Yeah. No soul. <laughs> <laughs> he got no soul. Well, yeah, he's just, uh, I wrote here, he's, he's a fantastic prick, you know? Um, it definitely made me think of uh, Bill Murray trying to off himself in Groundhog's Day. Um, <laughs> although he was really trying to do it right this guy was yeah he was already bored after one day so <laughs> like man I mean that might be what it's like to be a sociopath or a psychopath like I don't know right but it might be like that where you're like wow literally nothing brings me any enjoyment thrill or or any other emotion there's just nothing <laughs> drinking ammonia becomes weak lemonade yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I, lemonade Weak so, lemonade. Yeah. Obviously, the, the entity here is the devil, which is a fully formed character. But as, as far as what you may run into in, um, you know, actual metaphysical circles, I, 
I sort of surmise a lot of these things would be things that kind of need your attention. The, the point of the deal is they don't really exist unless you're giving them the proper attention. Yeah, I think I think that's actually one of the things that's not really understood by people is I don't. I shouldn't say it's not possible. It's very unlikely that your soul would get trapped somewhere. Right. But it's super it's a lot easier to just have your attention, your imagination ensnared and to be caught in all sorts of spirals that have tricked you into continuing to give you their attention and energy, including depression. At the end, that's a game. I guess you get out of it eventually, but you might take a quite long detour. So (laughs) yeah, and it might be quite unpleasant for that entire time. And, and who knows, I, you know, I always feel like if you're in a relationship like that with one of these entities and it's sucking off of your emotional excess, including like depression and anger and anxiety and all of these things um, that it can induce or lead you towards inducing for yourself, then uh, you die in that relationship or that situation. I just feel like your next, you know, I, I believe incarnation is the thing. Uh, your next incarnation, you're carrying that with you. You're like starting from there, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I would never risk it. It's just, it'd be yeah. I'm, I'm thinking be clear of and independent. What- Think of what I've met. I, I've met some dream characters, dream guides, sort of things, like the same one multiple occasions. I mean, that was that was cool. There's no deal there. That was, you know, it's a, it's a friendly uh, relationship. The other thing, just in basic meditation, which I don't get this so much these days, but uh, starting off, you, I'd feel like I'd have like kind of faces peering in every here and again. So. <laughs> Just checking out. They're like, you, you good? Okay, good. <laughs> like back out again. But yeah, yeah, very kind of prismatic, you know, looking things, and definitely having a few seconds of being clearly able to see them. So they don't peer in so much these days. But I guess, yeah, I don't. I, I've I've heard that is a phenomenon that is supposed to pass anyway. So I guess it passed. <laughs> yeah, or maybe you you didn't need those specific ones anymore. Or maybe they're coming in different ways. Or um, sometimes I notice that. Uh, you know, entities that you might call guides are kind of inviting you to go deeper and look in different ways to connect with them. And so there can be all kinds of things going on. Yeah. I'm actually disappointed. This, this year started off with such a deep dreaming. And since then, I I often feel like I've been up to something, but yeah, I just haven't had the recrawl, recrawl, recall so much uh, this year. You know what? (laughs) Bummer. This is crazy. I've had some terrible uh, ulcers like really bad systemic ulcerative sort of condition going on in my digestive system. And so I've been looking into, you know, how can I help, you know, make these subside? Uh, Cause I know what the root cause is and I'm dealing with that. And in the meantime, how can I treat this symptom? And I heard that drinking cayenne pepper um, in like kind of a shot or like a little bit of water and just getting it down is actually really good for it, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. <laughs> so I'm going to try it. So I try it. And it does seem to help a lot. And so I'm doing it like three or four times a day. And one of those times is right before bed. Um, it's just an eighth, of, eighth teaspoon of cayenne water, shoot it down. I've been having them wild. I already have exceptionally vivid, very strong recall, like all kinds of dream work that I do. And it has shot up to like another level or two since I've been doing that. And I went reading and I found out that cayenne is apparently a dream producer, uh, and I had no idea. So if anybody out there, this is now a new trick in the bag for me when people are like, how can I have better dream recall? I'm like, drink some cayenne pepper right before bed. <laughs> I, I might have and to get that. Yeah, because I, I got like 
I got a good 10 pages down in January when I was just having wild stuff coming through. And since then, I haven't felt compelled to put so much on the paper there. Um, I have found when I'm busier, yeah, um, I tend not to have so many dreams or when I'm being creative. The past couple of months, I've been working on music pretty hard and it's like all of the energy goes into there. I guess you only get so much energy to use in certain places, you know? Maybe, yeah. If I have a lucid dream, I'll find maybe I'll have like one more like a week after. And after that, it's like you gotta like rebuild the energy to do that again or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's the other thing I, I teach people too is how to build that spiritual energy, if that's what you want to call it, so that you have like an even bigger that to draw off of. So you can exactly. do all those things at once if you wanted to, which is only important to some people. And well, yeah, you got the you know Tibetan masters that can just like drift on in and out that any old time because they're working yeah. from the working from the infinite or something. So <laughs> yeah, for real, there's some people who can do some wild things. But uh, just back on the episode, yeah, the, the this guy is just so closed off to everything, you know. I mean, and becoming immortal makes him even more closed off to everything because he's. He's lost contact. He's a sociopath now. He's lost complete contact with his surroundings. He has nothing deeper. So, <laughs> and I kept yeah. thinking that I was like, if he only knew how to meditate and like get peace, then you could actually have like this really constructive remainder of however long you wanted eternity, except you don't have a soul. So I guess what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Just to, just to punch this down to the end, we have him, you know, like being wrong. Well, he, confesses to killing his wife which isn't even true she she, she did stumble bum down the building <laughs> with him getting life in prison which is going to be forever i'm like well that's your opportunity to learn meditation maybe you know that's or, what I, was saying. I was like you could read everything you want you could learn to meditate like you could do all these things even in prison and you know maybe, they'd let you out in like 50 years or so yeah yeah being called life i mean there's parole you know i mean he tech one again, karmatically, he has a whole lot against him, but killing his wife is not actually one of those things. So <laughs> no, it's not. And it's, it's ironic that he wanted to test out the electric chair and just see what would happen where I was like, Oh, now they're going to think he's like a God or something or like an ant. Cause he's not going to die right in front of them with all this juice flowing through. But no, the irony of being in, in prison forever was, was the, the twist, the ironic get, twist. You got to take the, uh, the, the, the Highlander route where you uh, keep a low profile until it's time to chop off someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but again, that's not a complaint about this episode because, no. you know, all the pieces are laid out in, in such a fun way. It, it doesn't matter. And yes, you're really supposed to dislike this guy. So one, one of the questions I like to get to on here is did this one is who took the trip through the twilight zone, which I think is pretty clear in this one. Um, did they deserve it? Um, I don't think we've had anything good to say about him, but you're, you can counter that if you'd like. Does anyone deserve this? <laughs> I think, yeah, I guess, because he knowingly chose it. Like, yeah. like super knowingly and super openly, just like, yeah, trade my soul for that. Cool. Like, <laughs> no, no hesitation, in fact. Um, so yeah, I mean, you deserve what you what you agree to and what you bring forth, right? Right, right. And um, he is so well, that's interesting. He he does have an absolute faith in the system. You know, he's got the house calls, like 
They're going to figure out what's wrong with me, all of that sort of thing. This institution that's put me in prison. I mean, if you're immortal, you know, wait 250 years and who knows what that building won't even be there anymore. You know, I know it's like at some point you're going to be able to escape. Come on, like have an imagination. <laughs> I mean, you could no. practically just walk out, right? They're going to shoot at him and he's just going to keep strolling. So, <laughs> well, it's interesting that, you know, his hypochondriasm from the beginning, which is what caused all of this was maybe similar to his like how quickly he gave up where he just has no faith in himself like not in his immune system and not in his ability to heal and and not in his ability to make it however long until he probably would get released or break out or whatever would happen he just nope no will just give up i'm done for there's no point in trying he's gotta do some (laughs) shadow work man (laughs) yeah (laughs) like truly but um, uh, speaking of trippy, my the other question I, I like to throw at the end of these is um, I used to do like psychedelic record reviews and I, I do the quality and then I do the tripometer. So <laughs> I like to put these uh, Twilight Zones on, on the tripometer on a on a one to five scale. Decimal points are acceptable. Um, <laughs> where do you want to uh, put this one? Honestly, I guess. I'm putting it on the scale of my own life. And if I chop my life up into sections, like at what point did I like put my own mind through this thought experiment of like, would I live forever? Would I want to live forever? What would I give to live longer or whatever? Like, how would that go? And that was a long time ago. So maybe like a 1.5. Is that, is that rude? No, that's fine. That's (laughs) because see, I was, I'm going higher because it's got the trippy situation, but yes, his um, attitude definitely deflates that. So yeah, uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> to what degree it deflates it is fine. So, <laughs> right. Cause I, like I said, I was, I was expecting also the, the other take where you like do live forever and you see societies come and go and crumble and like governments and whatever. And then eventually you're just bored. You're like, okay, like what? what's the point anymore i've done everything i could do there's nothing left um no, that would I have, be a little bit trippier for me i have not watched it yet but there is a later one this season which has a man who has lived for a thousand years so um, ah, okay they, they might they hit it there. up a little more there yeah they do, they do go there at some point i'm not quite sure how they go there um like I said, my, my pile of DVDs included about 50 episodes, which are the ones I've seen for the past wow. 20 years and not the ones outside of that. So that's part of the fun of uh, working through this chronologically. Well, if, I, if I were rating just the, the quality of the episode and the show and how much I enjoyed it, it'd be way higher than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why I'm going with the tripometer because none of these really uh, <laughs> are too low in quality. So I'm like, I'm not going to see it. I mean, this, if we're watching it now, it holds up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right. how, how, just how trippy is it? You know, that I think that's, especially in the pre, you know, 60s psychedelia thing, it's. Yeah. Like the, the, how far ahead of its time it was is, is its whole own concept that, you know, we're not even going to touch on probably, but I love how, even how short it is. I don't think that was very common or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it seems like that's a newer thing where we have very short, uh, stints and things kind of feel like they like stretched out and took forever in older shows and movies, but not in the twilight zone. So maybe I'm wrong, but that's how it feels. No, there's actually a real life example because uh, season four did go to an hour show. Oh wow! And and kind of suffered in quality because they did uh. have to stretch these things out now. So <laughs> season five went back to being a, a thirty minute show because they tried it and they were like, okay, no, that does not work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was the network telling them to do that. It, I think the makers did understand it worked well as thirty minutes, and now they have 
you know, there are a couple classics in there, but uh, they don't get shown as much syndication because they're the wrong length and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, any final points you want to throw out on, on this one? I guess I slowly worked us through the story, but. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess I just will keep going back. Like I just, I have always thought I don't understand people who want to live longer than they are living or going to live or especially forever. I'm like forever. Like we literally can't even conceive of forever at all. It doesn't even make sense to our brains. We have no examples of it in reality and we have no idea what it means. I can't, I can't understand that. I can't understand even really wanting to live hundreds of years, like a hundred that that'd be okay. I used to think even that was like way too long. <laughs> like <laughs> I would wish that I were dead way before then. But now that I'm, you know, nearing 40, I a hundred seems like doable. Like I could do that and it could be pretty cool still and pretty engaging. And I cannot imagine living much longer than that. And I definitely don't understand wanting to live for a really long time. And I think that it's a masculine thing. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems to be that if I, if I'm talking to people, the people who do want to live a long time and forever tend to be males. And the people who are like me, who are like, why would you want that tend to be females? So I don't know what that is, but it seems to be true. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, I, I started to get into, I guess the more uh, metaphysical stuff about five years ago. And it was weird. Cause I actually did come in like, you know, like, you know, the mind of, uh, I got the monk template. I'm a guy, right? But as I go, I start reading things. Yeah, not too many men get into this stuff. I'm like, what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. So, yeah, yeah. Which I, I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, yeah, I mean, once you start to experience that there is, you, once you start to know there's more out there, you know, it's like, of course you wouldn't want to live forever. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, right. And especially if reincarnation is real, I'm like, cool, we're here for this long and then we're going to go do something else. And there's a, you know, pattern and reason to it that probably is very logical and efficient. And so let's go see what happens next. Yeah, you don't want to play level one of Mario forever. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Got to go underwater, go warping through zones, things like that. Got to get to the ice zone. <laughs> uh, um, Lindsay, I guess we'll wrap up here. Can you send people to your podcast and uh, anything else that may be cooking for you at the moment? Yeah, uh, Rogue Ways is everywhere on every podcast app it's rogue ways as in pathways not waves as in the ocean waves or sound waves uh so rogue ways and middle path is my other show they're both available on rockfin on youtube and on any podcast app and if you want to get all kinds of other stuff from me including spiritual guidance and upliftment tarot and books and all, just so much you can go to rogueways.org as for this one, uh, this is still the ground floor. I haven't made any of the social stuff yet, but it's yes. the time of podcast, which I imagine I will be making the Twitter thing, the Facebook thing. Fortunately, all I do on Facebook and Twitter is like post podcasts. So I, uh... <laughs> so you get to stay there forever then because I say things like I'm going to kill that person with my Care Bear stare and get banned for 30 days. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I see people get, you know, I, I, I now recognize names where I'm like, oh, this is their their band persona, like their main <laughs> accounts from band. So they're coming in as this now. So <laughs> my wife yeah. was like, should I make friends with this person? I'm like, yeah, that's Alex. He just he got kicked off again. So he's using this now. Secret identity. <laughs> no, I, the CIA. I, I've long since stopped putting any opinions on social media. <laughs> it's dangerous. If you listen to the podcast, I might say an opinion or two and I post that, but that, that take, you have to take a few steps to get there. So it's not just, you know, casual. Yeah. 
talking so to speak um right yeah and then there's some sort of engagement humanity hopefully in that you know interaction and maybe that helps buffer the opinion when it hits the person's mind exactly <laughs> um oh yes i should mention the other podcasts that we do i, I talk about sci-fi films and matt luke's sci-fi sanctuary ephemeral films and the oral hygiene podcast all of this is under the patreon umbrella umbrella of podcastio podcastius which is not a harry potter reference <laughs> <laughs> more latin less magic yeah no um i have not seen this show but there's a british show called uh, i think it's peep show and they yes okay th th there's a consortium consortius or something and uh, <laughs> that you that actually is supposed to be the uh what what the name comes from so oh that's awesome <laughs> you should actually watch peep show it is hilarious and awesome it well, took me a while it took me multiple episodes to sink in but after that i was like hooked and i, I love british humor so maybe i'm a weirdo but it's yeah good stuff well my regular podcasting co-host is british so it makes sense but uh yeah yeah there's another hit for that so maybe i'll you know have to watch the namesake of our patreon at some point <laughs> that'll be the next show that you make so <laughs> Okay, so in, in the words of Freddie Mercury, I guess who wants to live forever? More Highlanders. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one.